Hello, welcome to the Sports Ethos DFS Today podcast. I am your host, Micah Potter. It's a wonderful Monday. You know what that means. I'm joined by Harris Germani over here. We're breaking down this, what we're hoping to be six games, Harris, right? I don't, I don't, we, we were just talking. We don't know if it'll be six by the time this uh, even airs, but uh, as of right now, it's a six-game a six slate. Uh, it is December 20th. Harris, my man, are you in the protocols? You good to go? Do you need some time? How, how are we doing over there? <laughs> I mean, I may not need some time. It seems the Raptors might. I mean, their game gets postponed out tonight, what turns into a nine-game slate down to six. And, I mean, it's it's nice in the sense that I don't have to pay for it. Otherwise, you know, it'll, it'll just be one of those things where a ticket goes to waste because I wouldn't want to go there solo. And they split up me and my friend, which makes absolutely no sense. But that's how their 50% capacity situation works now. So even though we sat side by side, they're like, we're just going to put you in for one game and put your partner in for another. And they just reallocated all that so he got to go to the Warriors game with no one playing but that's just how it is man better that to no basketball which we could very well be seeing in the next couple of days that's rough though do they give you any money back on your tickets or anything like that or no well so what they did is that yeah for the games that you don't get now anymore uh you'll get uh, that amount refunded to you for you know those games but to be honest all of these games have been pretty profitable for me for the ones that I can't make so if I happen to have like you know, work-related stuff or anything that prevents me from going, I'll usually be able to sell them for pretty decent amounts. But now it's just kind of, you know, a losing cause for me and just not a, not a fun time. Guy's profiting in DFS. He's profiting off tickets. Dude's <laughs> an animal. He's out there just making money every step he takes and every breath he takes. It's just, it's insane. But we're going to we're gonna do our best to kind of run through these games, you know, caveat right now. Obviously, we don't have all the news available. We barely have an injury report. I think, you know, everything going on, a couple of these teams were supposed to be on back-to-backs, but, you know, we, we just have no idea what's going on right now in this in this NBA world. Uh, so monitor the situations up until lock. Very, very important. We mentioned it all the time, but it's never been more important than now to make sure that, A, your guys are playing, and, B, that other guys aren't getting rolled out and you can't, you know, take advantage of it. Uh, and then I would say if you're not a diehard DFSer, if you're just a casual player, be careful with how much you're putting into the into you know each night. Uh, it's it's a very risky proposition. This is a great time for those who are very on top of things, who you know really know the news, know every player in the NBA, know the G League guys. You know, if you're one of those guys, you're going to profit a ton of money there in this time. It's it's almost like playing during preseason, uh, where if you just know the names, you know the rotations, you know their tendencies, you can make a ton of money. But if you're just kind of casually playing, trying to have a little skin in the game, having fun with it. Maybe want to dial it back ever so slightly, but we'll jump right into things. But a quick shout out to our presenting sponsor over at Thrive Fantasy, guys. Come prop up with us on Thrive Fantasy. Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports and esports. I haven't I haven't dove into the esports stuff, Harris. I don't know if you have any tips for me over there. Uh, app for player props, but with Thrive, you can eliminate the countless hours of research and focus only on top tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game. Now, what it is, you choose ten of twenty available prop uh, player prop bets. Uh, you use that to build a lineup. Each prop is assigned a fantasy value for both the over and under based on how likely it is to hit. Hit the most props and rack up the most amount of points to win your share of the prize pool. Thrive has awarded over $50,000 guaranteed prizes weekly for the NBA and has given out over $6 million so far. Use the promo code ETHOS when you sign up and you'll receive a 100% instant first deposit match on up to $100. So download Thrive Fantasy in the App Store or Play Store. And you can just visit the website, www.thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and prop today. 
And don't forget that promo code is ETHOS. That's E-T-H-O-S when you head over there. So, Harris, we have six games. First one of the night. It's a 7.30 start time. Philadelphia 76ers traveling to Boston, taking on the Celtics. No injury report for the Sixers. And as you can imagine, these are all going to be pretty lengthy. But for the Celtics, uh, guys in the health and safety protocols, Josh Richardson, Jabari Parker, Al Horford, Juancho Hernan Gomez, Sam Hauser, Grant Williams. Uh, and then injuries, Tatum's questionable, dealing with that left ankle sprain. Schroeder's questionable, illness, non-COVID related. Uh, and then Romeo Lankford dealing with the neck pain. So if we uh, go check out and see what we have for a game total over here, hopefully we have a couple of these at the very least. Uh, right now it looks like only two are available, and this is not one of them. So I'll pass it over to you. Talk about Philadelphia, I guess, who you're looking at, who you, if, if they play, <laughs> who you're looking at. Uh, and then uh, we'll, we'll, we'll slide over to the Celtics afterwards. Yeah, exactly. You're just looking at the Sixers side and all you're doing is seeing red. We know that Drummond joined uh, Shake Milton as well as George Niang into the health and safety protocols today as well. So they're just really, really reaching into the bottom of the barrel. Embiid, who was questionable coming into even the game uh, Sunday against the Pelicans. I mean, he's likely, I don't know, I don't want to say whether he's going to be in or not, but he looked like he was leaning more towards the doubtful side with the questionable tag on the Sunday. So if he's come, if he's out, then you're going to be in a situation where Seth Curry is once again going to be taking 21 shots. And that's honestly the main guy that I've really been looking at as far as the Sixers are concerned. I mean, he got 38 minutes in the last one. Yeah, he shot the lights out. But uh, as long as he's getting more of the uh, capability to handle the ball, that 6500 price tag is a pretty a pretty attractive one for me. And then you start looking really into the uh, the bottom end as far as the, uh, the roster is concerned. You know, if Embiid is out, if Drummond is out, you know, they're really going to start to dig into uh, the bottom here. And we saw that you know, the last time, for instance, Charles Bassey he had a chance to play he got 22 minutes in, dropped 35 uh, DK points in that one. You know, the question is going to be who's going to be starting in that one. So as you said, you know, it's not for the casual as far as the DFS is concerned now. You know, really got to keep an eye out on who the starting lineup is going to be. If you're going to get an opportunity to play a Bassi, a Paul Reed as your uh, starting center, you know, both those guys, bottom barrel prices, you're going to have the opportunity to be able to take advantage of a lot of that. Because as far as studs are concerned, you know, there's going to be one or two that uh, have of interest, but really I could see myself with uh, a good lineup on these kind of nights being something that doesn't take up your max salary. So really uh, take advantage of who the starting lineups are going to be and keep looking out all the way to the end. I think you said it perfectly. Not much more I need to add right there. Um, I'm on the same guys as you, same outlook. You said it perfect. So we'll just slide over to Boston. Uh, you know, obviously keep an eye on the injuries on top of the health and safety protocols, but uh, if Tatum, Schroeder, either one of those guys get ruled out, if they both get ruled out, obviously I think it's a bigger bump for everybody going around. But uh, main guy I'd probably be interested in would be Peyton Pritchard. Came out, played 28 minutes in that last one, put up 27.25 DK points, only 3,700. Uh, once we see that, you know, the usage gets spread around, Marcus Smart would get a nice little bump. But as we know, Smart isn't a guy that's normally taken, you know, 16, 17, 18 shot attempts or anything like that. He could if he's if need be. Uh, and then also, I wouldn't mind looking at Jalen Brown if there is no Tatum. I don't love that price tag, to be honest. Uh, I think there's better spend-ups. Even if Tatum sits, I'd still be a little bit worried about it just because we know that they've been kind of monitoring the minutes. They're not necessarily limited. Uh, but if the game gets out of hand, if anything happens, he's going to be the first guy they take off the court dealing with that knee tendonitis. It's not something that they want to mess around with. So uh, those are the three main guys. I'm probably going to steer away from the whole Robert Williams thing with all these guys missing games left and right. We have centers just popping up 
widely available. So I don't think I'll end up going that way. Anybody else on Boston? I failed to mention that you have interest in. No, I think you've hit the the major points out there. Again, looking down at the bottom over there, if they're really going to have to go, it's going to depend on who they end up starting. You know, if Aaron Neesmith gets another situation where he's going to be playing, you know, 23, 26 minutes. Yeah, he hasn't shot well in the last two games, but it's just one of those where he can get a lot of rebounds there. Again, bottom of the barrel, that small forward eligibility always makes it something of interest for me because, as you said, that Jalen Brown situation, 9,000, there are people coming up. You know, there's point cards coming up. There's forwards coming up that are cheaper that I think will just straight up out uh, outperform him as far as points are concerned if they do have to be playing in that game. So, yeah, by and large, uh, Peyton Pritchard would be the main dude I'm looking at. And if they happen uh, to actually uh, give a couple more minutes as far as uh, Ennis Cantor is concerned, if he's going to get perhaps an opportunity to start, maybe first guy off the bench, he becomes a little bit more interesting to me. But yeah, altogether, not the most interesting matchup. Philly Boston is always one of those slog fests, never really gets you high as far as totals are concerned. So it's probably better games to target here. All right, we will keep it moving then, traveling to the next game. Houston going to Chicago, taking on the Bulls. The Bulls in the second half of a back to back. No injury report right now for the Bulls. For the Rockets, Armani Brooks is questionable. Jalen Green, as we know, ruled out. And then uh, everybody else looks like to be pretty good to go. So it looks like Christian Wood will be back. He'll be playing in this one. So uh, I think we can avoid the misery and the great the great stuff from Sagut as well. I mean, I know he burned a lot of people in that one game, paid off well in the other. Uh, and then looking at a game total in the spread, we do not have one just yet. Uh, so I'll look at, looking at Houston here. I'll start off with Houston. Uh, not a whole lot to love, not a whole lot to hate. I think everybody's kind of priced appropriately. I think, you know, going back to the well on Eric Gordon is definitely something that we could do. Also, Kevin Porter Jr. was not outlisted on that injury report, but I think the latest update says that they're going to hold him out on the three-game road trip. Um, so I think we can continue to look at Eric Gordon as long as he's going to be playing that facilitator, kind of pseudo-point guard, pseudo-shooting guard role. I think he's definitely an option. I was playing a lot of K.J. Martin, but probably going to be out of the play now with Christian Wood back and, you know, Tate sliding up to the four. So... I think everybody's just priced appropriately. I'm not really in love with anybody here. I think there's solid options, but not anybody I'm really just gravitating towards. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, I do think that Josh Christopher, to be honest, is in a pretty good spot as far as his uh, his price tag is concerned, as well as his last three games. Even with Christian Wood back, he got the start at the four. He played about 27 minutes there. And he's just consistently been able to drop into that you know, mid to high 20s as far as DK points are concerned. Not necessarily the high ceiling as far as your uh, value plays are concerned, but I think you could do far worse. Again, put as cheap. if I can find a good cheap guy to put into my small forward slot, you know it, I'll just go ahead and shove him in there. So Josh Christopher was the main guy. And then uh, Jay Sean Tate just pretty much played full-on point guard for this team. Uh, he's not necessarily the most uh, loved guy for me, but again, a power forward uh, eligibility on fan on DraftKings, and he's getting the opportunity to be able to handle the ball to the level that he does. That's probably a pretty good spot. And uh, there's a couple of guys that I do like, but at power forward, I think I may actually have him as one of my uh, player pool guys there. All right, we'll slide over to the Chicago side of things. Uh, second half of a back to back, so we got to see what ends up coming out of this whole game. Uh, I definitely think there's some options. DeRozan back in play, you know, Vucevic back in play. It's not going to be the same usage that we were getting for. I guess it's almost like we forgot now because they had the two games off. But before then, uh, we were kind of seeing it get spread around all over the place. But uh, main interest for me are going to be the guys, I think, that just thrive in that up-tempo game. Up, you know, Houston, very fast-paced game, uh, very fast-paced team, plays very little defense. So I think Lonzo's in play at 77. He'd probably be my top option out of the, the spend-ups in this game. 
uh, when it comes to Vooch, when it comes to DeRozan. I think Lonzo is probably my favorite. And then outside of him, I think Caruso at 51, decent play, but it's tough to get, you know, overly excited about these guys in that, you know, low to mid 5K that don't necessarily have that 40 to 50 point upside because the value that will be available. So for me, it's probably just going to be Lonzo, but I wouldn't fault you if you wanted to go to other spots as well. Yeah, I agree. And to be honest, of all the games that are out there, you know, you have to pick and choose your poison. And Chicago is probably the one team that I was choosing likely not to go for. There wasn't really anyone that uh, jumped out at me. The price tags are all pretty fair as far as uh, you know their performances are concerned. And you, know, you throw Alonzo out there as an example. You got Halliburton coming up a little bit later for 700 cheaper. And I think he's likely going to outperform that in the same position. So he's uh, in the player pool as a pivot for me. But I think Chicago is going to be the one team I end up avoiding, and I don't expect Houston to be all that great in this matchup. Can't fault you. Moving on to the next one, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time game. OKC traveling to Memphis. Ticket on the Grizzlies. No injury report for the Grizzlies. Thunder are the one team that's good to go. Uh, they have nobody nobody really out, nobody really dealing with the protocols. They're dodging it. Uh, so I don't know what they're doing in Oklahoma City. I guess staying far and far <laughs> away from each other. Uh, but they're good to go. So... I'll pass it over to you. Who are you really looking at at OKC with a fully healthy team now? Are there any options? Yeah, absolutely. And it really comes down to how giddy you are for Giddy today because he's just been on an absolute tear for the last couple of games here now. Uh, you know, his price tag is still uh, sitting up into that same early 7,000 range. He's shown that he's got the upside to be able to go past that. Uh, imagine missing out a triple-double with uh, points on a night where he had 18 rebounds and 10 assists, but that's exactly what he did against the Clippers. And Really what it comes down to is he's getting his shots. He's got 18 lats game, uh, 14 in the one prior to that. And regardless of whether he's getting his fuel goal percentage up to something of normalcy, which I do expect it will, just because uh, he'll have the kind of usage and his shot selection is not bad. But it's all the ancillary stats. He's he's already showing himself to be one of the best rebounding guards in the league. Like a young Westbrook just playing back on OKC once again, just absolutely crashing the board. So I do like him at his price tag. Uh, Shea coming off the hype of a game winner is always in play at 8,600. And I do think uh, this OKC Memphis game is likely to be one of the uh, higher scoring games of the night. So both those guys come into play. And then as a pivot, uh, the Lou Dort situation, it just all comes down to how well he's shooting on that given night. It's it's a risk that you take because his ancillary stats are never really all that big. He'll might grab you a couple of rebounds, but it all comes down to whether his three-point shot is going on the night and whether his overall field goals are hitting. Because you know, last night we saw it against the Clippers, 12 of 19, he was able to drop 41, which is obviously going to be excellent for the price tag that he's given you. But it's all about uh, whether you're willing to take that risk. It's a bit of a pivot, and I would probably be looking at it as, hey, if I can get from a forward perspective, we had Jason Tate come up earlier. Lou Dort, I probably like a little bit more than that, but uh, Giddy's likely my top option, given I want some exposure in this game. Yeah, Giddy's probably the only player I'm looking at as of right now. Uh, I, I don't mind some of these other options, but we've already, you've mentioned one guard that we'll talk about later. I think I prefer Alonzo over uh, a guy like Shea, just because I like that matchup. I like that game pace. I like everything a little bit more. Back to back has me thinking that previous game stays a little bit closer than it normally would, but not not all interested in uh, anybody outside of Giddy. And this is because I'm finally starting to see that ceiling unlocked for Giddy. That you know, 18 rebounds. Like, you know, we all knew he's a big guard, a uh, big point guard. You know, that that's very capable of it. But now we're actually seeing it, and that's all I needed to see. Uh, I'll keep him in my player pool pretty much every night from here on out going forward. Doesn't mean I'm going to have shares of him every night, uh, but I definitely want to keep him in my player pool for at least the consideration. Now, on to the Memphis side of things. As we know, Brandon Clark, 
uh, Zaire Williams, John Brandt, all these guys continue to be out. Uh, and everybody's getting pretty much priced appropriately now. You know, Desmond Bain at 6,100. I think he's still in play just because when the shots fall on, he's very consistent. I mean, we've had pretty much 30-point games from Desmond Bain. It feels like almost every game this season. And we've seen the upside on other games as well. So I think I'll keep him in my player pool at 6,100. I don't think I'll go too much more. Uh, I don't know if this is going to be a Steven Adams matchup where we see the 30-plus minutes from him. We've seen it in other games where he has to go against just a, a body, wide-bodied center that just stands in the paint. We know that OKC kind of runs out those stretch fours at the five pretty much for the most part. So I don't know if this is going to be a Steven Adams game. Uh, I don't know if it's really even worth the risk with some of the other options we have. So I'll probably really just be looking at Desmond Bain. And I wouldn't fault you because I know you're going to – I'll let you talk about Jared because we know that's coming. <laughs> Look, he's obviously going to be in the player pool just because of the upside and the fact that as long as John Morant stays out, you know who the number one option is going to be alongside Desmond Bain. So it's just the upside is always going to be there. That being said, as you said, this is uh, one of those matchups where you've got a number of options there in that kind of mid-6,000, 7,000 range as far as the forwards are concerned. So he's probably not my favorite option this time around. You know, surprise, surprise, as far as uh, power forward is concerned. But at 6,700, can't fault you. And Desmond Bain was the uh, main guy that I'm looking at. And, you know, we had heard that Morant was going to come back at some point in this weekend. Obviously, that has not uh, materialized. He's still going to be out here. So, you know, Tyus Jones continues to be a guy who's going to run the point. But his price tag is just fair. That's that's what it comes down to. He's more of a cash play than anything else. So, yeah, we'll stick with uh, Desmond Bain. I mean, Dylan Brooks is coming off a career high. And, you know, absolutely, as I've said uh, from before, I just despise how he plays, but he just keeps chucking shots. He's very similar to uh, the Lou Dort situation. So, you know, if he gets hot and if he's able to rack up his points in a hurry, he's going to be able to pay off that 6,400 price tag. But again, it's more of a pivot from some of the other forwards out there. But he does remain in my player pool for that reason. All right, we'll keep it moving. 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time game. Charlotte Hornets traveling to Utah, taking on the Jazz. Charlotte on the second half of a back-to-back here. Uh, no injury report for them. And then for the Jazz... It's pretty much good to go for them as well. Uh, no no one to really be concerned with. So they should be fine in this one. No game total, no spread. Starting off looking at the Charlotte team, the mellow ball at 9,600. Not the matchup we want to target necessarily, but he's always in play for tournaments just because, you know, some people just immediately shy away from Utah. But we just saw DeJounte Murray drop a triple-double on them. So when you're looking at just triple-double type point guards, I think he's definitely in play as a nice pivot off of some of these other high-priced options. And who knows who's actually available for high-priced options. You might just have some money left on the table. If that's the case, I could definitely see spending some on LaMelo. Uh, don't mind that one whatsoever. He's probably really the only option I have a ton of interest in. I mean, Rosier is always in play as a pivot. I haven't played much of Gordon Hayward all season long. Uh, Oubre continues to see the minutes, but the shot attempts aren't where they were when we were getting those 40 to 50-point games from him with everyone now back. So for me, it's really just going to be LaMelo. And it wouldn't shock me if we see Plumlee play a little bit more than the 16 to 20 minutes he's been because they're just going to need his size more than anything. But I, I'm not willing to necessarily go there in anything outside of tournaments. But LaMelo is definitely a play for me. Yeah, absolutely. The one kind of wrinkle to all of this is that Cody Martin just got announced as being out with uh, the health and safety protocols as well. So that's you know, anywhere, anywhere between 28 to 30 minutes, as well as a decent number of shots that are being moved around over there. So that does maybe give me a little bit more interest as far as Kelly Oubre is concerned, because I do think he'll get the opportunity to shoot a little bit more. And, you know, we speak a lot about the Utah defense side, but really I like matchups in which the guys are going to be going up against Donovan Mitchell a lot because he's the one 
weak point as far as the Utah defense is concerned. And you spend a little bit of time on you know, the kind of points per possession that he gives, and he's been actually one of the uh, weaker guys on there. He just kind of gets hidden as far as the Utah team defense is concerned. So just for that, LaMelo is definitely in play for me. And uh, as a pivot, Hayward stays in my player pool. Just again, uh, with Cody Martin out, who has been taking a lot of those kind of backup point guard duties. They like him handling the ball in that. You'll probably see uh, Hayward get more of those opportunities to play that point guard once again and uh, you know rack up some more of those dimes to go ahead with everything. And the fact that he had a really bad game in that Portland one probably has people kind of shying away from him. But uh, at his price tag, I'd like that. You know, 6400 for a guy who is going to get his minutes, who gets uh, more than enough usage usually. And uh, with Cody Martin's probably getting more ball handling as well. So just a pretty good recipe for me for a bounce back game as far as he's concerned. And against right. the whole team. <laughs> a lot of factors. A lot of factors. And now on Utah, um, I, it's quite simple for me. I like everybody on this team. I just can't stand these price tags for Mitchell and Gobert. There's a decent chance they could pay it off in this matchup. Similar to Houston, Charlotte has a very porous defense. They play at a fast pace. They're one of the worst teams at defending the opposing uh, three-point line. So, you know, I think that's it's a big bump for all these guys that I normally wouldn't have any interest in, like Bogdanovich and Clarkson. I think, you know, this could be one of those good performance-type games from them. Does that mean I'm going to have tons of shares of them? Probably not, but I'll, I'll one-off them here and there. And then if you wanted to spend up on Mitchell, if you wanted to spend up on Gobert, I won't fault you. Uh, they're not got options that I normally would, but again, with all everything going on, there's usually you're finding yourself with money left on the table, and it's a fantastic matchup for everybody here on Utah. So, uh, anybody that could shoot a three-pointer and Gobert just outmanning everybody with his size—it's just a recipe for all these guys having good games. But it could end up just being one of those Utah games where everybody does well, but nobody absolutely crushes. So, there's so many ways you can look at it, but they're all, I'm pretty much keeping everybody in my player pool outside of maybe like Royce O'Neal at this point. Um, and that's just what I'm going to do and kind of tinker, mix and match, one-offs. I'm not going to be doing any crazy game stacks or anything like that. Yeah, I agree. And exactly what you said about the uh, salary situation, just given how everything is and the amount of value that you can extract as a result of it. You know, Donovan Mitchell is going to be a guy that, even outside of the salaries, always a pretty good lock for as far as his floor is concerned. It's the ceiling that you have to consider given the entire situation. But if you are you know, feeling good about taking Lamella on the other side, thinking that this is going to be a tight game, and of you know, one of the few games that aren't being affected by the COVID protocols overall, you may want to run it back with Mitchell on the other side just to be able to get that exposure. And you know, if it happens to be one of those games, you get a smash night from both sides, that could just completely destroy the slate for you. All right, we'll keep it moving then. Sacramento traveling to Golden State, taking on the Warriors. Sacramento and the second half of a back-to-back they played tonight. As of right now for the injury report, Jordan Poole and newly just announced about an hour ago, uh, Andrew Wiggins, also in the health and safety protocols, and then James Wiseman, uh, Clay Thompson, they are both still out, targeting, I think, a January return for them. And then Kings, we do not have their injury report due to the second half of the back-to-back. We do not have any lines for this game. Pass it over to you. I know you have a few guys over here in Sacramento we've been dying to talk about. <laughs> yeah, Sacramento just has had so much value open up as a result of De'Aaron Fox going out. I mean... I, we talk all about De'Aaron Fox, but he eats up so much usage on this team, usually in the low to mid-30s, that you just get everyone else as a result. And what we've seen in the last couple of games is just Tyrese Halliburton unleashed as a point guard for this team. And I mean, the shot attempts, even though they've been solid, like 12 and 16 is exactly what we've been hoping for as far as Halliburton's concerned. It's just been purely the capability for him to handle the ball, get those assists, got a double-digit assist game in the last one. And he's going to be in a good position to be able to do so uh, in the in the game that he just had today as well. So really, 
He's probably my favorite point guard on the slate. And the fact that uh, he has that shooting guard eligibility as my favorite point guard just makes him a smash pick as far as I'm concerned. Uh, on the other side, uh, Shimezi Metu as well. You know, with uh, Rashawn Holmes continuing to be out, we're not really getting you know full information about how bad his eye is looking. Uh, he missed Sunday's game. He's still labeled day-to-day, so he could potentially play on Monday. So you just got to kind of keep an uh, eye out on that. But if that doesn't happen, then Metu has been just absolutely awesome as far as the uh, Kings are concerned and also just from a D- DFS standpoint. I mean, 38.75 in the last one. He's got a you know a decent price bump on here, but if he's getting uh, the minutes that he's we've been seeing and the fact that he is that little bit smaller, that little bit more mobile, that's exactly the kind of guy that you see get big minutes in a Golden State kind of matchup. So and those are the two ones that I'm looking at. And then beyond that, Buddy Heald, Harrison Barnes are both definitely in play just because of the fact that their price tags are in a good spot. That's 6000 and below. Um, you know, We've talked about how Harrison Barnes is a hot and cold, you never know. But field goal attempts are going to be there. Uh, he's not going to shoot 5 of 16 on a given night. So it's just one of those things where I like him to be able to have a good bounce back matchup. Again, everyone loves to believe the uh, revenge game. I believe the revenge game when Harrison Barnes comes up against uh, the Golden State Warriors. So I'm keeping him in my player pool, mostly for that reason and the price tag as well. Perfect. Perfectly said. Uh, those three guys are the three guys I'm looking at. Probably not as much Metu, but I think Heald, Barnes, Halliburton. Uh, I might have two of those three and just about almost every one of my lineups, at least one of them guaranteed and then mix and match. And if it works out right, I'll try to have two. I just, you know, without, like you said, no Fox usage is just pouring right now. And they don't even really have those bench options that they can rely on to score either. So it's really pretty much going to have to come from the bulk of these three guys. And we know Buddy Heald's never shy to shoot. Halliburton could get it done in so many ways. And then Barnes is being forced to kind of step up. Uh, even though, he, like you said, he could be hot and cold. If I'm playing him, you might not want to. It's just the way it works with me for some reason. Whenever I'm on him, it just stinks. But I think I think it's it's ready to you know crack the system right now. My 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 bad pick of Harrison Barnes on most nights is ready to crack. Uh, he came out had a good one in that last one. I didn't see how he did quite yet tonight, uh, but I'll continue to roll the dice on him uh, regardless as long as Darren Fox is out. On the Golden State side of things, uh, with no Wiggins, with no Pool. I think there's going to be some, obviously, opportunity to step up in value between guys like Damian Lee and Otto Porter Jr. playing the wing positions. I think both these guys are very, very much in play. Um, I'd probably lean a little bit more Porter just because we know he's a little bit more experienced, has a little bit more of a polished game than Lee. Uh, Lee, more or less, is pretty reliant on just scoring. Uh, Porter can grab you some boards, get you some steals. So I think Otto Porter is a value play, definitely in play for me. And then if you want to look at uh, Draymond, I think he's an excellent spot right here at 7,100. I will definitely have plenty of shares of Draymond in this slate. And I'll never fault you for going with Steph Curry. Listen, I, especially with money to spend, only real high-priced stud that we could spend up on in tonight's slate. I'm good with it. I'm not going to argue with it. Um, I think I'll probably end up going with, you know, either like a, a Lamelo as a pivot and maybe even DeJounte, who we'll get to in the next game. But those are the only three guys I'd even consider spending up on on this slate. And then obviously you got to throw Steph in there as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, 11-8 is obviously a uh, big price tag to be able to pay, but and given the entire situation over here, you can easily fit him in with the value out there. But just like you, I'm finding Draymond is where I'm landing on a little bit more. Just from you know, the price tag, I want the exposure to the matchup, but I don't necessarily want to see myself going full in with Steph just because I am half afraid that this game doesn't stay as close as I, as I think it may. And the Warriors, especially at home, just 
have one of those situations where they get on a run and then you have a little bit of trouble to uh, try to keep up. So that's where, as you said, Otto Porter, Damian Lee, those kind of guys uh, do end up coming in play. Maybe even Bielitsa, depending on how it works. For him, it's just, he needs to get a couple more shots in, man. It's just, that's all it comes out. He's got the minutes. He's getting uh, the capability to be able to get the rebounds. He even gets you know three to four dimes a game. He just needs to get more shots in there. But uh, I have him for 3,600 just as a pivot. And I just, this it's is one of those like dart throws out there. And I've found that every once in a while it comes out for me, but the main dude is Draymond. All right. Final game of the night, San Antonio Spurs traveling to LA taking on the clip. Oh, and Steph, I think he had one of his like 60 DK point games against uh, Sacramento yes. earlier in the year. So uh, we'll move, we'll move on. Sacramento, uh, San Antonio traveling to LA taking on the Clippers, uh, San Antonio, second half of a back-to-back Clippers dealing with their own health and safety protocols and injuries alike. So we got to keep an eye on everything that's going on with this game. But we do not have an injury report for either team. No game line, no nothing. We'll start off here with the Spurs. DeJounte Murray coming in at 9,800. Absolutely in play. It's, you know, him, LaMelo, I think, are probably going to be the two guys I spend up on the most in this slate. Don't know if I'll end up getting them both, but they both make great pivots off of each other. If you want to, if, you know, mix and match, if we build in multiple lineups. Uh, Derek Whiteman, uh, bad game today. Bad game. 6,500. It's a good spot for him. I'll let you talk about him, though, because you just seem to be the Derek White whisperer. I don't even want to get involved with that. Uh, only other guys I'm really concerned with would be Devin Vassell, who actually drew the start in tonight's game. So if he's going to continue to start, more shot attempts, more minutes are going to be available for him. He started over McDermott while he sits. So at 4,100, he'll probably be pretty popular. Uh, nonetheless, he is in play. And then that that kind of leaves Lonnie Walker to man the whole second unit himself. But for me, it's really just going to be DeJounte, Vassell, maybe slim pickings on Lonnie Walker. Uh, not overly excited about him, to be honest. And I'll probably draw the line there. I know Pirtle's probably in play for you as well. I just think there's some other centers I'd rather talk about and play. Yeah, no, I think you're absolutely right. And as much as I love Derek White, to be honest, if uh, the Philadelphia situation ends up being what I think it is, I probably would go with Seth Curry over him on the night, just given how everything's working out. But Derek White just remains in play just purely because of the fact that his price tag allows him to have that kind of upside. I always like guys that I can feel confident on their floor. Yes, he had a, a terrible game in this last one and only played 24 minutes as a result. But it was just one of those games where they spread uh, spread usage around. They got into a bit of a hole early and Derek White got pulled out as a result. Uh, Lonnie Walker came in and just was blazing hot, dropped uh, 19 points in quick hurry. So that's, you know, it's not really what you're going to see on an ongoing basis. And I expect Derek White to be able to bounce back here in this game. Uh, DeJounte absolutely remains in play. Uh, Kelton Johnson is actually the other one that uh, I found I'm starting to uh, fall on a little bit more. It's just getting more confidence as far as his minutes are concerned. Back-to-back 30-minute games, and even in this last one against Sacramento, he's just dropped 16 and 11 as well. So his rebounds are really starting to get there. He's crashing the glass a lot more. And at 5,400, you've got a pretty safe floor. I I honestly find it hard to see how he ends up with anything less than 26-27, just given how... Uh, everything is working out for the Spurs rotation. And then you've got the upside as far as uh, you know, his shooting is concerned. As long as you can get a couple of those buckets, you have the uh, chance of him getting to a mid to high 30s game. All right. On the Clippers side of the ball, Paul George remains questionable. Isaiah Hartenstein has been rolled out. So uh, we know Marcus Morris, Kawhi Leonard, both those guys remain out as well. Morris in the health and safety protocols for this team. So there's, there's going to be some openings. There's going to be some options here. Uh, I think this is a good spot to look at Zubats. Um, you know, with no Hartenstein behind him, uh, they are expected to have Serge back back for this game. So he'll probably take about 10, 15 minutes at center. Uh, but also probably have to man that power forward position as well. 
So I think looking at Zubats at 4,900, he's a nice low owned center. I don't think he'll draw a lot of ownership. I think he's certainly in play. And then I think, you know, looking at some of these other ancillary options, if Paul George sits again, you could look at Justice Winslow at 3,400. He started in that last one, played 26 minutes, put a 24.25 DK points. So uh, there's going to be minutes of plenty. They're probably still going to be kind of monitoring Nick Batum. They're not going to rush him back anytime soon uh, and just throw him right back in that 35-minute well like he was earlier in the season. He played 25 in his return. At 4,500, I want him to play a little bit more than 2,500 uh, or 25 minutes. So I think for me, it's really just going to be Winslow, uh, Zubats, and I probably won't even end up on Reggie Jackson either. Yeah, I, you know, Winslow was the main guy that I had uh, crossed in over here just from a value perspective and that he's going to be starting. But yeah, in, in general, this Clippers team with everyone out is just kind of... Uh, you, know, you don't know what you're going to get as far as he was just concerned. You get Eric Bledsoe dropping 40 on one night, and then you think you're going to trust him again, and he gives you a 21-minute 16 DK points on the other. So I've just found that the Clippers in general are not a team that I trust too, too often to be able to throw in there. Uh, with uh, Marcus Morris out, you probably are going to get more minutes with uh, you know some of these uh, ancillary guys. Luke Kennard probably gets uh, more of an opportunity to play some of the uh, small ball four. He got 39 minutes in that OKC game and absolutely killed it out there. His price tag has seen a little bit of a bump as a result of it, but you know it's likely he's going to be leading the team in shots. So if the Spurs don't uh, you know crush this game, you can see him probably drop in you know, somewhere in that 30s as well. So he stays in my uh, player pool for me. And Zubac, I think you've hit the nail on the head. It's uh, one of those matchups with you know a big guy on the other side. Jakob Pertl is always going to be playing for uh, for all of Popovich's rotations and just a good spot for him to get anywhere between 25 to 28 minutes. And if he does that, you can expect a low end double, double probably end up with somewhere in the high twenties to low thirties, as far as DK points are concerned. All right. And Reggie Jackson might have something to say about the shot attempts. Uh, that dude <laughs> will continue to chuck until his arms fall off. Uh, but that brings us home. That is the entire of what is now as we record, this is six game slate, which wouldn't shock me if it ends up turning into a three or four game slate, but it's all said and done. Let's hope not, you know, knock on wood. Let's hope not, but uh, let's do our player tier segment, my man. Who are you looking at for your high price guy? Yeah, and from the high price guy, I'm just going to have to stick with my guns on LaMelo Ball. It's just, uh, I like the matchup as, as far as uh, the fact that it's going to be a normal one. You don't have to worry about all these different rotations coming through. I like the fact that it's going to be against a Utah team that as good as they are defensively, uh, have a couple of spots that LaMelo can attack and guards have just found their ways to be effective in that kind of a matchup. At 9,600, you know, anything under 10,000 for a guy who's come back, looked good, uh, looked fully healthy, is getting his full allotment of minutes. As long as this game remains close, I see him absolutely smashing that. It's my favorite expensive guy on the night. I'll go right on the other side, then to go with DeJounte Murray. I uh, mentioned it. I'll be playing both those guys. I might have a couple lines with both of them. I might pivot off of each other uh, and just switch, uh, mix and match in my multiple lineup builds. But uh, I'd probably like LaMelo ever so slightly more. And then I think DeJounte is not too far behind him. Uh, in the mid-tier, we already know who you're going with. It's not Jaron Jackson. I know it's not. But <laughs> why, don't you you give us your, why don't you give us your play? <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Jaron can take a night off because I'm going with my boy Halliburton on the t- Sacramento side. 7,000, just in a great situation. Shooting guard eligibility, pure point guard for this team. Has been absolutely on fire for the last three games, and his price tag is going to be slowly catching up to it. But until... It does, and as long as De'Aaron Fox stays out, he's a must-play every single night for me until he gets to, honestly, like 8,500. So lock him in, enjoy the ride, and it's going to be a good one. Absolutely. That would have been my pick, so I'm glad you mentioned him. I'll go with his running mate, Buddy Heald, uh, at 5,800. 
just another guy. They, you know, 10 shot attempts over the past two games is very unbuddy like. Uh, I'm expecting him to kind of, you know, kick it up a notch. Wouldn't shock me if we see 15, 16 shot attempts from him in this game, especially with it just being a three point shooting matchup. He's actually fared pretty well going against uh, Golden State in the past. He struggled in the matchup earlier this season. Uh, but listen, there's no Andrew Wiggins playing the wing, and that's one of their best perimeter defenders. So I'm I'm on for healed at 5,800. Gives you that coveted dual eligibility, very similar to Halliburton, where you can play him at small forward as well. And then for your value play, under 5K, who are you looking at? Yeah, and I think there's a, a couple of solid options to be able to throw out here, but I'm going to go ahead and say that... Actually, wow, Metu, sorry, I was just looking there. Uh, she mentioned Metu at 4,700 is actually my favorite. I know we looked at uh, you know a couple of other you know positive options over there, but I just really like what he's doing for this Kings lineup in general. And as far as... Uh, Rashawn Holmes being out or not, yes, that's of course a big deal. Uh, 15 shot attempts in the last game, and he just continues to be a guy that has the capability to rack up a lot of ancillary stats and get you uh, the rebounds to go with it. Even tonight, you know, he didn't have the greatest of games, but he's able to clean it up with four steals on there as well. So just a lot of diversity to his stat line. And I think at 4,700, you've got uh, the capability of a guy who can get somewhere close to you know, 35 to 40 DK points on a good night. So I'm really liking what he offers. I, I like it. I'll roll with the guy I just said in that last game, which is going to be Zubats. Uh, 4,900, he just falls in that tier uh, where I just think this is a good matchup for him. No Hartenstein into his minutes is only going to bode well for him. Uh, not a ton of centers that we've really mentioned overall, so I think that he stands out to me as one of the better options right in that mid-tier range at 4,900. Um, if I knew that, like, if we have the news that Otto Porter starts, I think I'd probably say he would be my best value play, but this we really don't know what they're going to do here. Uh, they might end up going with Lee. It might end up being a blowout where they'll probably limit. He Porter would be one of the first guys to limit. So there's a little bit more risk associated with him. So I think Zubats is nice, safe, consistent, the guy I want to go with. And then that brings us to our Thrive Fantasy section where we're going to talk about some of these player props that we have available. I'll pass it over to you. Give me your favorite prop bet of the night. Yeah. And, you know, I'm always looking at those opportunities to be able to get something 100 or over. And where I'm looking at is with Lonzo Ball at uh, 20.5 on the over for his points and assists. I think it's a great spot uh, in a high pace matchup. He's getting more confident with shooting. His shooting percentages are up. He's going to be shooting anywhere between six to seven threes on the game. So I just like him to be able to do that. Honestly, he could probably pass that just on his points itself. So with the assists, that's just a smash for me. I like it. Uh, that was probably the one I was going to lean to, but... Uh, I thought you were going to go a different option, which is why I had that lined up. I'll go points plus assists on Tyrese Halliburton. That's just mm -hmm. stupid low. Uh, they're giving you 100 points on it for 18.5 points plus assists. Yeah, lock that in. Um, you know, he'll probably, again, he's got an opportunity to get there at least very close to it uh, in points by itself. And then, you know, for a guy that's going to be playing strictly point guard, sign me up. Uh, I don't see a world where if this game stays close, he doesn't hit this. Even if it gets out of hand, he still has a decent chance to hit that. So, and that's it, man. That brings us home. That's everything. That's the, the whole slate. That's the prop bets. That's our player tiers. Now, give us a follow on Twitter at Mike Apatria, M-I-K-E-A-P-O-T-R-I-A. Harris, you know what to do, my friend. Absolutely. As always, you can follow me at H-A-K underscore devil, where since I'm going to be sitting at home a lot more with the Raptors not letting me in, you're going to get a few more of my takes, a few more Thrive Fantasy picks, a few more picks on DraftKings. And, you know, if some of you guys also collect NBA Top Shot moments, I have a thing about picking fantasy picks on that one as well. So just all these places where you can get me, hit me up, question me with anything you want, and uh, hit me up on the Discord as well. The multifaceted, the multi-talented, 
Harris Kermani people. Give him a follow. Excellent follow. Uh, fun guy to talk to and just very, very knowledgeable, not only on the Raptors. He's my go-to Raptor guy, uh, but not only on the Raptors, but in the NBA in general. So I highly recommend you follow him if you aren't already or if you haven't. And then give us a thumbs up, five star on Twitter, uh, on Twitter, uh, anywhere you listen to this. I'm sorry. Look at that. I'm, I'm losing my mind over here. Anywhere you listen, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, YouTube. Uh, you'll find us all over the place, guys. We really do appreciate it. We do see it when it comes through. So uh, always puts a smile on my face when I see another five-star rating comes in. And then we will be back tomorrow. Hang out with you guys. Well, I won't. Harris won't. It'll be uh, sunny. It'll be DJ Sammy Caps over there. They'll be taking down that Tuesday slate for you. Uh, as always, guys, stay safe. And let's go win some money. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.